Well, at this time, I'd like to invite up our lead pastor, Pastor Joe, as he brings us our uh, New Year's message. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Tom. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, for those of you that usually come to the 9 o'clock service on Sunday morning, Bobby always sat in the seat over there, like on the second row. Awesome lady. She's been with us for many, many, many years. Her grandson was kind of raised up in this church in the youth ministry, and it was a, a shock to hear of her home going so suddenly, but we know. We know where she is. And we're, we're blessed that her family has that kind of peace to know where mom is. So if you are available to come and, and uh, pay your respects, I'm sure it would be greatly appreciated. So here we are. Can you believe the end of 2023? This is it? It was like yesterday we were standing here last year at the same thing. <laughs> Amazing how the time goes by so quickly. And, and you know, it's just, I, you know, I remember having a conversation with, well, somebody had a conversation with me because it couldn't have been interactive because I had no idea what this man was talking about. <laughs> Years ago, we had a gentleman in the church who was like an astrophysicist, or, and he would talk, and I would try to understand what he was saying. And he was literally trying to tell me factually that time is speeding up. And I'm like, bro, I'll just I'll take, I'll take your word for it. I don't know what to say. I don't understand that and try to explain all these technical things. I'm like, okay. I, I mean, I could see it happening. Uh, and and uh, if you've been on this earth for any length, any length of time, you realize, dear God, it's like the weeks go by so fast and the months, by the time you know it, it's... Everything's going so quickly here. And, and man, if you ever doubted that we're in the last of the last days, just look around, my God. And here we are now. We stand on the very edge of a new year. And with a new year comes new opportunities. And, and we, need to, we need to grab that. We need to grab a hold of that, not let go of it. It's new opportunities. Well, Pastor, 2023 wasn't that good. Well, get in line. You know, there's a lot of people that could say the same thing, but we made it. Yes. We're still here. All right? And, and let's just think about two, three years ago, some of us didn't think we were going to make it to 2023. But we're here, and we made it. Amen. And we're going to continue putting one foot in front of the other. Amen? Amen. We're going to continue following the leading of the Lord. We're going to continue following in the footsteps that the Holy Ghost lays out in front of us. Amen? Amen? So, as I was putting this message together earlier in the week, I kind of got this picture of us that in a very real way, we're much like the people of God. I'm talking about the Israelites as they stood on the edge of the promised land. In Joshua chapter 3, it tells us that as they were preparing to cross the Jordan River, and the Jordan River is very symbolic in our lives, especially the lives of believers, um, the people were told that they needed to take heed to God's instructions because you, you'll see this phrase if you read uh, Joshua chapter 3. You have never been this way before. Amen. Now think about it. God bless you. Think about it. Here we are. Tomorrow's the last day of 2023. Um, at midnight tomorrow night, we'll step into a new year. We're on the edge of whatever God has for us now in 2024. Now, you realize that 2024 is significant to us, that God doesn't necessarily go by our calendar. But I, I, I believe that because we're in this, this realm called time and space, that he honors it for our sake. He'll honor these new beginnings every year on January the 1st. And so the fact is, none of us in this room have ever been in 2024 before. Okay? Now, normally by this time of the year, I have a, will have already shared what I believe the Lord is speaking to us in this ministry. But I'm not going to go into detail about that for a couple more weeks. I will give you some words that the Lord has spoken that I believe are very pertinent for us. Number one, is alignment. This is a year coming up where everybody needs to get in their, 
in their lane. Everybody needs to step into what God has for you. This is not, this is not, this, this is not a loosey-goosey year coming up. It's not a year for us to be frivolous and um, not a year for us to be just que sera, sera. Everybody understand what I'm saying? This is an extremely important year coming up. Uh, the other word, and just what we're going to spend some time on in a few weeks from now. Um, well, probably next Sunday. Next weekend. Talking about the, the, the words that I keep hearing for the past probably month or so is alignment, priorities. Priorities. Man, so many people have gotten their priorities so mixed up lately. And it's almost like a, a time for us to get the slack jerked out of us and get our priorities straight and, 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 and receive our, with the alignment comes receiving our marching orders for the future. Uh, are you listening? But then there's another word that kind of like, you ever, have, you ever hear a word and something jumps inside you? And this happened to me this past week, and, and truthfully, I don't like it. I don't like it. Because the word I'm hearing is unprecedented. And I shared this with some of our staff this, this past week, just a few days ago. Unprecedented. And, and I believe that we're on the verge this year, this past year, we saw some samplings of unprecedented things take place, especially on the global, global scene, the national scene. Um, I, I'm, I'm concerned. I don't want to say I'm afraid, but I'm concerned that this year coming up is going to be, we're going to see an especially um, large amount of unprecedented things that, that we certainly in our generations have not seen, but even some things that maybe mankind has not seen before. Um, now, God doesn't speak to people to scare us. He speaks so that he can prepare us. Amen. So I'm, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm connecting, and I don't know, I'm not saying thus say it the Lord when it comes to this, what I'm connecting, and we'll spend more time about this next week in the coming weeks, is that if we don't get our, if, we don't, if we're not aligned and we don't step into alignment and we don't reprioritize our lives, we may get caught off guard by these unprecedented things that'll come on the scene. I'm not expecting a whole lot of amens and a whole lot of hallelujahs, but I, I believe this is a very sobering year. Um, I don't believe, again, um, this is not a year for us to be frivolous. This is not a year for us to just say, well, you know, I'm just going to float by whatever God wants. You know, that's it. Uh, you know, the shame of it is God very rarely gets what he wants. You didn't like that. If God got everything he wanted, we'd still be in the Garden of Eden. There'd be nobody in hell. Jesus wouldn't have had to go to the cross. Okay, so think about those things. We live in a world that's very adverse to the plan of God, to the kingdom of God. It's up to us to align ourselves with the commander-in-chief. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to show us our priorities and then us be obedient to line up in those priorities. But we're also to gird ourselves up to strengthen ourselves, to strengthen uh, our core. I don't mean just physically. I mean our core spiritually, to be solid in what we actually, that we actually believe what we say we believe. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, you and I have never been in 2024 before. We don't really know what to expect. You know, we look across the world and we see wars continuing. Uh, with the possibility of expanding into other areas. We see famine and droughts are very commonplace. The very weather itself seems to be turning on mankind. Will these get worse? We don't know. But we need to be prepared. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, what we do know is this, that God is moving all over the earth. Millions of people, listen, 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 millions of people in the Muslim world are coming to faith in Jesus Christ. 
You, you know, uh, the media is not going to report this. You listening to me? Yes. It amazes me how many Christians base their worldview on what's being published in the media. The prince of the power of the air controls the airwaves. He's not going to tell you what he doesn't want you to know. But while all this craziness is going on on the earth, there's major moves of God happening. Do you know the nation of Iran? Iran's front and center right now in the news, okay? And this isn't the message. This is just a setup for it. Right now, you can't really go on the internet without seeing something about Iran, okay? Now, uh, you realize that Iran is the ancient empire of what? Persia. Persia. So Iran's not new on the scene. They're back on the scene, okay? Persia, which has always been the enemies of the people of God. But it's reported in that country, and I don't know if you've read this or not, I've read it numerous times in the past year, that if the trend continues in Iran, that Iran will no longer qualify as a Muslim nation. And and the the move of God is taking place in the 25-year-olds and under. So this is not a bunch of old people that got together and decided, well, before we die, we want to get right with God. This is, this is young people. And whenever anything starts in any culture or civilization or nation in that age group, that means it's here to stay for a long time. You imagine that? Now, you mentioned Iran to most people, and it's a terrorist nation. Yeah, they are. The leadership is. But the people are turning to Jesus Christ in droves. In droves. That's what's happening, okay? And Africa is losing hundreds of thousands of Muslims to Christianity every year. Every year. I watched a video a number of years ago, and this uh, Muslim imam, like their priest, was complaining, was blaming the uh, Muslims of Africa because he claimed in that year alone, and this is about five, six years ago, that they lost two million Muslims. And we're talking about sub-Sahara Africa. Okay, North Africa is still predominantly Muslims, but God is moving there. I mean, this has been going on for over a decade now where there's reports coming out constantly of people having dreams and Jesus appearing to them in dreams and telling them, this, I am the Messiah. I am your God. And they're turning to him. Left, of course, you know, Al Jazeera is not going to report that. Okay. So in China, <laughs> house churches in China are now under major attack by the secret police in China. Why? Because according to the secret police, they've gotten out of control. Underground churches in China, thriving, thriving. People getting saved, and the next week they start churches with 2,000 people in them. And just recently, I know I sent the video to my buddy over there. Just recently, there was a massive praise events both in, in Portugal and in Brazil, with hundreds of thousands of people in attendance praising and worshiping God. Hallelujah. That's what's up. But you see, we, we, we get the smoke screens. We get all the wars. We get all the diseases. We get all the famines. We get all the droughts. We get all the, all the revolts that are going on all over the cities, especially in Europe. But nobody's talking about what God's doing in the earth. So take comfort from that. Okay, It ain't over yet. So no matter what comes, Hebrews 13, 8 is still true. Jesus Christ is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Now, don't wait for me. Just jump in. <laughs> Jesus said, this gospel shall be preached to all nations, and then the end will come. And we're living in the most exciting time in history. And Jesus is coming soon. Whether you like that news or not, whether you, listen, whether you believe it or not, he's still coming. It's because I don't know. I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if the scriptures support that. Honey, I don't want to be, you know, but who cares what you believe? What's what's important is what the scriptures say. What the scriptures say. I I don't know about you. I'm not here to prove a point. I want to know what the scriptures say. I want my life to be ordered according to what the scriptures say. I want my belief system to be based on what the scriptures say. 
Amen? Amen. And just because something may not fit what I like doesn't mean I'm going to throw it aside because if it's God, it's going to come to pass whether we like it or not. Amen? Amen? So I say this, let's get on, on the right side. So again, here we are. We're entering into a brand new year. Now listen to me. Uh, I don't know how to say this because I find myself saying this a lot lately and I feel like, truthfully, I'll be honest, I feel like it's falling on deaf ears. We don't know how many years we have left. I'm talking about as the church. Okay? Now this, once the church is, is gone, once the church is taken off this planet, there's still some more years here on this earth. And then we come back with Jesus. One amen. And we come back with Jesus. I said we come back with Jesus. Oh, Lord, please forgive us, for we know not what we do. That should be the most exciting news at all, of all. So what I'm saying is this. Look, like 30 years ago, we kind of had the, the, the kind of the sense on the inside, okay, we can hang out a little bit if we want. We got some time. But truthfully... I don't know why he's not back yet. It's got to be the mercy of God. Because everything he said that had to happen before he shows up for the church has happened. And and some of it's happened a long time ago. It's like, what are you waiting for? Come on. We're not hanging on to anything here. You, You see how big that went over. So, it has never been 2024 before. Are we going to, I'm going to throw this out at you, okay? That's not my notes. You can come and check it. Are we going to waste this year? No. Like we wasted years in the past? No. Are we going to waste this year being caught up with distractions and smoke screens and deception and look at this, look at this, but, but don't look at what's happening over here? No. No. Because no. we're going to be held accountable. Amen. Every one of us is going to be held accountable for reaching some individuals that God has placed in our lives. And we got to make sure that we get our act together. we got to make sure that we tap into the power of the Holy Spirit, that we're hearing his voice above all, all the chaos and the turmoil and the chatter, that we know when he's telling us, do this and do that, go here, go there, speak to that person, go pray for that individual, and that will be obedient. Amen. So... As the Israelites under Joshua stood before the Jordan River, and the Jordan River is extremely important to us, okay? Look, the Red Sea was one experience. There's 40 years that that separate the Red Sea from from the Jordan River. 40 years. 40 years previously, they stood on the edge of the Red Sea, okay? That's your born-again experience. You came through your Red Sea experience. God parted the waters of your life and brought you over, took you out of the kingdom of darkness and brought you in to the kingdom of light. Okay? But he didn't stop there. He didn't stop with you just getting born again. Okay? And neither did he stop with the Israelites. The Jordan River is our baptism in the Holy Ghost experience. The Jordan River is our Pentecost. The Jordan River, they crossed that to come into the promise of God for their lives. Amen? You got born again, but then what do you do? Born again just prepares you for heaven. But if you're just prepared for heaven, what are you going to accomplish here on the earth? Our Jordan River experience is what equips us to step into the future. They stepped into the promised land, but they had to cross through that Jordan River. Are you listening? So to us, every year is like another Jordan River for us. We have the opportunity to pass over to the other side, to enter into the land of promise. Well, there's promises that God's made to you for 2024. You might not even be aware of them, or you could be aware of them. Maybe there were promises that God made to you years ago, some of us decades ago, said, but I haven't seen it come, haven't seen it come. This might be the year. This might be the year. Are you listening? So what's the instructions? Two major principles. Now, let me lay it out, because when I say it, you're going to go, what? (laughs) Principle number one, forget. Principle number two, remember. Well, which one is it? It's both. It's both. You ready? The wisest thing that we can do is to put both of these principles into action, because it's the best way for us to start on the path 
that God would have us in 2024. And listen, we're living in a season, a spiritual season. We're living in a season from probably the past decade where things are happening quickly, 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 suddenly, suddenly, suddenly. Shiftings take place in the spirit, suddenly. Sometimes we, sometimes we catch them right away. Sometimes it takes us months and possibly years to realize, wow, things are different than they were, and you fill in the blank. But we need to be sharp. We need to be sharp. We need to be alert. We need to be one ear to the Holy Ghost. At least one, okay? Listening, listening, sensing, pressing in, spending time with God, sometimes alone. God, what are you saying? What's going on? I don't want to get left on the sidelines. I want to be right. God, I want to be right in the middle. God, you need to show me. God, you need to speak to me. God, you need to reveal to me what's going on. Who do you need me to be now? Everybody's so much, so worried about identity, identity, identity. Most of the identity we always talk about is in the past. Well, this is who I am. Forget about who you are. Concentrate on who you be now. Who, God, who do you need me to be now? Forget about 10 years ago. We always want to talk about the past. Forget about that. Who do you need me to be now? Father, shape me, mold me, change me. Shift the things in my life. Who do you, how do I have to function now to bring glory to you? Who do you need me to be now to be effective for you? Stop dragging the chains like Marley's ghost. Stop dragging, and we brag about those chains. Stop it. Listen to Isaiah 43. This is so good. I know you probably, when I start reading, you go, oh, I know that scripture. No, no, let's unpack it tonight. Okay, I'll let you know right now, I'm not in a hurry tonight. I'm not in a hurry tonight. If you've got plans, God bless you. Take your communion cup. You can go when the time is ready for you. I'm not in a hurry tonight. Are you listening? We're talking about, number one, forget. Say forget. Forget. Isaiah 43, verse 18. Forget the former things. Read it with me. Do not dwell on the past. Verse 19. See. Now, if he says, stop there. We're going to unpack it a little bit at a time. Don't be in a hurry. It's not like Christmas morning where you're ripping the gift paper, the wrapping paper off. Can't wait to see what's in there. Slow down. What's the first word he tells us? See. Now, in the context, that's a command, right? Yes? yes? yes. See. He said, see. He wants us to what? See. see. I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. And then he asked the question, do you not perceive it? And some of us, to be honest, would have to say, in all transparency, no. No. But so do you think he wants it hidden? No. Because no. what's the first word he told us? See. 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 I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. That's good news. Amen. Forget the former things is a command coming from the one who lives outside of time and space. Do you understand this? He sees the end from the beginning. He knows where he is taking you, so he needs you to look forward and not behind. Don't dwell there in the past. It condemns you to stay stuck. I don't like being stuck. Do you like being stuck? I I can look back at my life, especially in times of the ministry these past 26, almost 27 years. I could think, and there's one particular time frame I wish God would blot out. There was like a five, four to five year period of time in those 26 years. It was when we were meeting in the high school in Brick. It seemed like we were treading through tar, just stuck. The congregation had plateaued at a certain point. That was it. Okay, now, if we had the numbers show up to church now that we had then, I would be looking for a job. But back then, if 300 people showed up, remember one Easter, 300 people showed up. We were dancing in the parking lot of the Brick High School. We were so happy. 
Why? Because we had reached a plateau. But what I didn't realize is that it was going to get stuck there for a number of years. Now, I don't know why, and I don't really want to spend a whole lot of time trying to figure it out. God had his reasons. Maybe, I don't know, something was going on with us, so we needed to get unstuck about something, whatever it was. But hallelujah, all of a sudden, when we stepped out of that period of time, you knew it. And then we started 600, 700, 800, 900. Well, last weekend, there were 1,500 and change people in attendance in all of our campuses last Christmas weekend. But, but there was a time period that we were stuck. And if you're in that season right now where you feel stuck, then I would tell you, please pay attention, okay? God wants to show you something. God wants to speak something to you. Now, it's going to be very personal, Okay, Uh, because uh, when you're stuck, you're stuck personally. Okay, but you can get a whole bunch of people around you stuck with you if you're not careful. Yeah, I I don't like that either. So so watch this now. Don't don't set up your household in the past. There are some people, they live constantly in the past. Okay, and they want to always bring you back like like to some like they want to make a time traveler out of you. Like, let's go back to the days. And I always talk about the good old days. Honey, we haven't seen the good old days yet. We haven't seen them yet. They're in the future. But we keep talking about them like they're in the past. Stop setting up your house in the past. Okay? Um, throw out, throw, get rid of all your antiques. Get rid of stuff that's old. Yeah, that goes over. Bring it to the thrift store. Do not make your past your present-day reality. All you need, if, you, if that's how you've been living your life, all you're missing is the casket. Why is it dangerous? You know, we're laughing about it, but seriously, why is it dangerous? I'll tell you why it's dangerous, because if you get stuck in the past, you miss the new thing that he wants for your life. He told us in verse 19. Can you put Isaiah 43, 19 back again? Well, he, look, look, say, say, read, read the first part with me. See, See? See? I am doing a new thing. Now it's, now it's spring, now it springs up. He's not saying tomorrow, now it springs up, but watch now. <clears throat> what does he say? Do you not perceive it? No, if you're stuck in the past, you're not going to perceive it. If you're stuck in the past, God could be doing a brand new thing right in your midst, right in your face, and you won't see it. Why? Because you're stuck in the past. Stuck on something that maybe didn't come to pass that you wanted. Didn't happen the way you want, and now you're stuck there because you keep thinking God is obligated to bring you back to that place. No, he's not, because maybe it wasn't supposed to be to begin with. You listening? I can't tell you any better instructions than this. Why? We're on the verge of the new year with new promises and new opportunities. Ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) Stuck in the past. Well, I'm still waiting for God. Let it go. Move on. Move on. Well, I'm holding God's feet to the fire. Oh, honey. You better watch you don't end up with your feet in the fire. You cannot perceive it. He's doing it. He wants to do a new thing. You cannot perceive it. Why? Because you're stuck. You're looking in the rear view mirror constantly. Could you imagine if, God forbid, somebody's driving down Brick Boulevard and they're constantly looking in the rear view mirror, stuck in the rear view mirror. So driving 50, 60 miles an hour, but stuck in the rear view mirror. What is that person going to bring about? disaster. What are you going to bring about for your life? What are you going to bring about for your family? What are you going to bring? If if you're in a business, what are you going to bring about in your business? What are you going to bring about in a ministry? If you're constantly looking in the rearview mirror, but God's got your car pointed going forward, you're stuck in the past. You're going to kill people. You'll destroy property. You'll leave a wake of destruction in your path. He said, Forget the former things. Why? Because I got a new thing that I want to do, and you're not going to perceive it. Perceive it. Perceive it. Why is it saying it this way? Why do you say you're not going to see it? 
Because most of the things that God does in our life, you got to perceive it first before you see it. Oh, I wish I had somebody in here tonight with some life in them. You, you got you to perceive it first before you can see it. In fact, if you don't, if you don't get it in here, you're never going to see it out here. I hope to God that the majority of you here tonight haven't given up. I hope there's still some life in you. I hope there's still some, I hope your pilot light didn't go out. Do they, do they still have those? They do, right? Philippians chapter 3. You getting anything tonight? I wish you'd let me know. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. That I may, the apostle Paul, now listen, this is, this is good. Because I think the Apostle Paul was remembering Isaiah 43 when he was writing this letter to the Philippian church. That I may know him, he's talking about Jesus, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death by any means, that I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected. Read this with me nice and loud, please. But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Do you realize the depth of that verse of Scripture? Jesus Christ took a hold of you for something. And it wasn't just to float through this life. It wasn't just to live a life of ease, live a life of just self-satisfaction. It was to follow in his footsteps. To reach somebody's life. And here's what happens. We have no passion. We have no fire. We have no drive in us when we have not yet found out why in God's name has he taken hold of me. I spent so many years frustrated. Christian, baptized in the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues like crazy. Frustrated. Frustrated. It was those years when I was in business. Okay? Frustrated. Saved. Going to heaven. If I dropped dead, I would have went right to heaven. Baptized in the Holy Spirit. Lay hands on the sick, say I'm recovered. Okay? But frustrated. Why? Because I did not know yet what was the reason why he took hold of me. Amen. That, but I press on, Paul says, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. His hand is on you. He's trying to steer you. He's trying to position you to step into that thing. And Paul says, I want to know him. Paul, you want to know him. You met him on the road to Damascus. I want to know him. I want to know why has he taken hold of me. Verse 13, but this one thing I do, okay? Where am I? Brethren, I do not count myself have apprenticed, but one thing I do, one thing, one thing. If you only do one thing in this coming year, do this. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward. Reaching where? Forward. Forward. Reaching forward to those things which are where? Ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul says, I, I forget those things that are behind me, the fame, the glory that he had in Judaism, the praises of man for whatever reasons. Verse 12, that I may lay hold of that which Christ has also laid hold of me. What does he want? What does he want? Paul wanted to know, Paul needed to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, the purpose in the kingdom, Amen. the why behind his Damascus Road experience, the Why? Paul needed to know, why did Jesus choose to appear to him, Saul of Tarsus, in such a spectacular way? Amen. Why? Why? Because it didn't happen to everybody. Not everybody back then had a Damascus Road experience. Not everybody since then has had a Damascus Road experience. Some have. Some have. But whatever your experience has been, it's on your end. It's you are obligated. It's on you to go find out why he's taken hold of you. Why did he, did he interrupt your life? Why did he intervene in your life? Why did he save you? Why did he make sure that he put certain people in your life 
to make sure that you heard what you needed to hear that would give you enough opportunity to receive Christ by faith. Listen to me. I'm telling you from life experience, until you find that out, you're going to heaven. You may even be filled with the Holy Ghost and operating all nine gifts, but you will still live frustrated on this earth until you find out what is the purpose. And you're certainly not going to find it out by looking in the past. Paul needed these answers, and he knew the only way it was going to happen is if he chose to forget the former things so that he could, listen, so that he could perceive the new thing that God wanted to do. Paul understood that if he continued to clutter our lives with our past experiences, we will miss out on the next phase of God's plan for us. Let me ask you this question. What's lying ahead in your life? Because the rest of the plan of God for your life is right before us. It's on the other side of your decision to forget the past. I'm going to say it again. The plan of God for your life from this point, from right now, from 7.04 and 10 seconds, from this point forward, the plan of God for your life is going to be determined and going to be revealed when you make the decision to forget about the past. To not hold any strings. To not do any, just say, Lord, what do you want to do from this point forward? Here I am. Here I am. What do you want to do from this point forward? Stop clinging. Oh, maybe I should turn around when I say this one. Stop clinging to your excuses why you can't succeed in life and why God can't use you. So number one is what? Forget. Number two, remember. Well, which way do you want it? Both. There is a difference. As dangerous as it is to refuse to forget our past, it's more dangerous to forget what God has done in the past. Listen to Deuteronomy chapter 6. I love this portion of scripture. Verse 10. God speaking through Moses to the people. So it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build, houses full of all good things which you did not fill, hewn out or carved out wells that you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. When you have eaten and are full, then beware lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. So many of us forget. So many of us, the things we're supposed to remember, we forget, and the things we forget, we remember. The things we're supposed to forget, we continuously remind ourselves. But what about all the good things that God's done? What about all the good things that God has done? Yes, has life been full of challenges? Oh, honey, do you have a couple of hours? You listening to me? We, but, but before I got born again, we had money. We had money. We were doing good. Had two pieces of, two houses. Two, one we lived in, the other one was rented, had a business that was making big money. I get born again, everything falls apart. I said, wait a minute, Lord, every testimony I read of people, it's the other way around. They start out bad and they come to you and everything goes good. You know what I'm saying? Anybody know what I'm talking about? But trust me, what we learned, I say we, because, you know, God made sure they had somebody to drag with me through these experiences. And most of the times if I listened to her, the experiences would have lessened. Okay? It's funny how the Holy Ghost sounds like your wife sometimes. You're listening, but, but, but watch now. I mean, we've been through hell. Been through a lot. But man, every single time, God created a new way to bail us out. Did something spectacular like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? And he ain't done yet. You listening to me? He ain't, the turn to somebody, this is a good confession. He ain't done. Yeah, I know it doesn't sound grammatically correct, Say it again. He ain't done yet. He said, then when you're full and have eaten, 
Then beware lest you forget the Lord who brought you out. Brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, from the slavery. In other words, God was saying to Moses, tell the people when you enter the land that I have promised you and things are well. And when you're prosperous and safe, don't, do not forget all I have done for you. Amen. Stir yourself up. I'm, I'm charging you. I'm charging you. Stir yourself up. Over the, what are you going to do for New Year's Eve? Stir yourself up. How are you going to spend New Year's Eve? Why don't you, why don't you spend a couple of hours just rehearsing Amen. with the people around you, the miracles that God did, the spectacular things that he came out of left field that you could have never seen coming. And that's only the ones we know. When we get to heaven, I'm going to ask Jesus, show me what was really going on behind the scenes. The things that were trying to come at us that either God himself stepped in or sent an angel or warned us by the Holy Ghost and that no weapon formed against us ever prospered. We only, see the things, we only see the things we know. We don't see what the devil really wanted to do to us that he was not allowed to do. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Remember the goodness of God. Like we sang that song tonight. It was up to me, we'd sing that song every service. Amen. Amen. Trouble if we did it too often, it would lose its. It'd be like the Our Father when we we're in the old church. We would just. <laughs> when I was a little kid, I grew up in an Italian Catholic church. Italian, that's like the SWAT team of the Catholic church. And in that church, I don't, I don't think they're there anymore today because the, the neighborhood changed. It's not predominantly Italian anymore. But dear God, every time you went in that church, it was about a dozen little old ladies in the same spots, all dressed in black. And as soon as the priest gave the benediction, everybody, they'd start. Oh, my God. It was like looking at a bunch of black crows on, on a telephone wire. If you asked them what the heck are you saying, they wouldn't have been able to tell you what they're saying. Sorry, if you didn't grow up in that kind of church, I'm sorry you missed out. They didn't know what they were saying. We didn't know what they were saying. Oh, Father. Remember the goodness of God. Remember the things that he did. Especially remember the things he did that only you know. Because they only meant something to you. Those are the special things. And the enemy would love to clutter our minds so that we, don't, we forget those things. And again, the things we're supposed to forget, we remember. And the things we're supposed to remember, we forget. Let's not do that this year. How many of you remember just a few months ago, I, I, we preached a series uh, based on Psalm 78. I want to read to you from those scriptures again, those basic scriptures. If you weren't here, you, if you don't remember, go back in the archives. You can listen to a midwork, midweek service. I almost said midwife service. <laughs> Psalm 78. <laughs> Maybe that was prophetic. <laughs> Maybe when you read that scripture, you're going to start giving birth to the next season. <laughs> Psalm 78, verse 40. I didn't think it was going to be this much fun tonight. I'm having fun. Psalm 78, verse 40. How often they, talking about the Israelites in the wilderness, how often they provoked him, God, in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Grieved God. That's dangerous. Especially when you're not born again. They're not born again. They're, that's dangerous. Yes, again and again. Read this close with me. They tempted God and limited. Limited. Oh, God's all-powerful. God's almighty. Yes, he is. And there's only one person in the whole universe that can limit him. Us, you, and me. How did they limit him? Next verse. They did not what? Remember his power the day when he redeemed them from the enemy. So what happened? Just like you and me. Just like us. As soon as they got delivered from the Egyptian army, they spent the next three days whining. We don't have anything to drink. We don't have any food to eat. There's water. What? You brought us out in the desert. We could have just died in Egypt. Man, thank God I wasn't God. I would have said, you know what? 
Good. Go back. And as soon as you step over to Red, say, I'm going to kill you. But what happened? What happened? They did not remember his what? Power. What do we do? We forget his power. And all we want to remember is what the devil did to us. What we, what we reaped from stupid mistakes that we did. How many, have ever, how many have ever suffered from wrong decisions that you made? And you can't even, you, you, you don't even have it in you to blame the devil because you know you did this. We remember those things. We remember that stuff, okay? We were riding around this afternoon. I won't tell you where, but most of you people would know because you know me. And I said, I said, you see that house? We should have bought that house 25 years ago. We should have bought this property 20 years ago. We should have did this. We should have did that. How many do the same thing? How many catch yourself? And then you go, what's the next thing on the inside? Oh, God, forgive me. Uh, see, because when we say stuff like that, what we're really saying is that we were smarter than him. Because he orders our footsteps. Happy New Year, everybody. So we, mortal, listen, 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 mortal human beings have the capacity to put handcuffs on the creator of the universe. And we do it because we forget the supernatural way that he delivered us from slavery. I don't know about you, but man, I might as well have been on the Damascus Road. When I think back on how God surrounded me, how God, just every time I turned around, he was putting another Christian in my path supernaturally, tricked me, tricked me. He tricked me to get me into a room with 400 Christians. He sent a lady for me to do a catering job. So well, she's talking, all I'm hearing is cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. I'm going to cater a wedding for 400 people? I already had the money figured out. I already had the profit figured out. But while, while she's there in my business, she's telling me about Jesus. Spent probably two hours. I go to this place because I'm thinking, man, we're going to make some money on this thing. 400 people. I don't remember how much we used to charge back then, but it was money. What a, tra- what a trap I stepped into. <laughs> just supernatural. I was just glued to these people. Like, man, they got something that I've never experienced before. Just, I would, by the end of the night, I was ready to tell the lady, don't even pay me for the check, but I did. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I was so happy with the experience that I had. He tricked me. And thank God he tricked me. It would be good for us to remember the supernatural way that God delivered us from the slavery of sin. In fact, we should make every effort to keep that fire of that first love just burning in our hearts. Man, if there's, if the, that's probably the biggest challenge of being a Christian on this earth is keeping that fire keeping it burning, being aware when it's coming down to just embers, that it just doesn't just blow out. Revelation chapter 2, Jesus lists all the good deeds of the church at Ephesus, what they were known for. Yet in verse 4, Jesus brings a rebuke and correction. This is what he said, yet I hold this against you, that you have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Oh, here's the best part. This is 2024. This is what we need to do. Okay? And do the thing you did at first. Do, look at me. Do the thing that you did at first. I know for me, I came to the Lord in desperation. But do we lose our desperation now? Do we not realize that every single day we need, we're desperate for him? Amen. Every single day Amen. we need to light that fire again. Every, we need to do it. We need to do it. Are you listening to me? Yes. Now watch. It, 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 it gets worse. Consider how far you've fallen. Repent and do the thing you did at first. What did you do at first? Did you cry out to God? Yes. Did you, did, you, did you put everything else aside on your calendar? Yes. Well, they said at church, this is going on. 
I had just as much marital problems after I got saved than I had before I got saved. Because before, I'm out in the world doing all kinds of crazy, degenerate stuff, okay? Now I get saved, and I'm in church six nights a week. <laughs> and she's, she still doesn't, she still don't have a husband. But I knew the desperation I had on the inside. I knew, and this is, a, this is not some fairy tale I make up to try to pull on people's emotions. I was two weeks away from suicide. When I got saved, I already had a plan in motion. That was desperation. So when I first got born again and the life of God came in me, I was, I'm like, forget about everything else in the natural. I just want to pursue God. I'd stay up till 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning reading the Bible, smoking a pack of cigarettes. Desperate. Put that scripture back up there. Why? Because he warns us. He warns us. If you do not repent, what does it mean to repent? Turn around and go in the opposite direction. You're heading this way right now. That's not good. Turn around and head in this direction. 20, listen to me. 2024 has got to be your repentance. It started last year. It started last year. Okay? Get things straight. If you do not repent, this is Jesus talking. I will come to you and remove your what? What does the lamp stand for? What does the lamp stand provide? Light. Light. What is it representative of? What is it symbolic of? Revelation. In other words, if you don't repent, you're going to get stupid. If you don't repent, you're going to forget everything that you learned from the word of God. If you, you may still go to heaven. I'm not saying you're going to go to hell. But you lose your awareness. The lampstand. He said, I'll take it away from you. I'll take it from amongst your midst. In another translation, it says. If you don't, Jesus is, what's he saying? If you don't remember all I've done for you, your heart will grow cold, hard, and dull. You'll forget the goodness of God. Without light, we end up fulfilling Isaiah's warning. Remember verse 19. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? No, we're not going to perceive it. We're not going to perceive it. We become, we become dumb and dull. We will live stumbling in the wilderness. We'll miss out on the refreshing of the streams that he wants to pour out in the wastelands of life. We're warned over and over again not to forget. Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. There's power in remembering. You face adversity, the first thing you should start doing is remembering. Amen? Amen. Remember what Jesus said in Revelation 2. Repent and do the things you did at first. What were the things that God did that used to bring tears of gratitude to your eyes? Remember the times that he rescued us. Remember the times he healed us. Remember the times that he supernaturally provided for us. Stir those things up because we're going to need to remember God's track record more than ever in 2024. Are you listening to me? Yes. Unprecedented times. If we don't gird ourselves up, if we don't get strong in our core, in our beliefs, in our relationship with God, when something comes out of left field that's, that nobody's ever had to deal with before, it's going to take us by surprise. And we're going to lose sight of the one who rescued us in the past. And we'll, we just have to start from scratch all over again. Wouldn't it be better if we picked up with his track record? Wouldn't it be better that God forbid some tragedy, disaster, some war breaks out that's never happened like this before in the history of mankind? Dear God, how effective would it be if God has a witness on the earth who was ready for this? Might not know what it looked like, but we remember what God did in the past. Are you listening to me? Remember. Forget the things you need to forget. Forget the things that are holding you back. Forget the things. Forget the wounds. 
Forget, forget it. Let it go. Let it go. Seek him for healing. Amen. Seek him to get past these things. Seek God, give me the grace that I need. God. Do you want to say something? No, Good. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Let it go. Okay? Let it go. But pastor, you don't know what they did. No, I don't know. And honestly, you don't need to be rehearsing it. Let it go. Let it go. It's not going to help you. It's bad enough the person hurt you the first time. Are you going to let them keep hurting you every year? Come on out. Luke 22, verse 19. We're talking about remembering. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body. Don't, don't miss this part. Don't miss this part. This is my body, which is given for you. Say this to me nice and loud. Do this in remembrance of me. Church, as we head into 2024, let's not become like the Israelites of Psalm 78 who forgot him. Look at me. Remember how he saved you. Remember how he loved you. Remember his faithfulness. Remember what it cost Jesus to bring us where we are today. Are you listening to me? Now, we're going to sing a song, and then we're going to take communion together. Are you listening to me? Please don't let this. When you walk out of here tonight, I pray that the Holy Ghost would remind us, I'm asking him for myself too, of something that impacted our hearts tonight. And take that as our marching orders into this new year. Listen. God is always willing, according to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, God is always willing to do exceedingly, abundantly, above, beyond anything we could possibly think of or imagine. And we stop there. But it goes on to say, according to the power that's in us. We got the Holy Ghost inside of us. He's capable of doing anything. The only thing that can hold him back is us. Please don't get stuck in the past. Even, even, listen, even the past successes can be a trap to you. Because you get stuck there. You think this is the way God's going to do it all the time. No, no, no. He might want to do a new thing. Stir yourself up. Remind yourself of the goodness of God. Remind yourself of how he supernaturally translated you, according to Colossians chapter 1, from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Let that be the banner that you carry into 2024. Let's remember tonight, right now, and be present in this moment that we're at now, remembering what it cost for Jesus to have the hope, to give us the hope of everlasting life. Remember what it cost him to heal your broken heart, to bind up your wounds. Remember what it cost him to give you beauty in place of the ashes that your life may have become. Remember that. Keep him always before you. Let's remember to prioritize our lives from this point forward. We'll talk more about it. Let's sing. Come on. Go ahead.
leave our house that we had bought, leave everything. And at that point, I could barely sit in a restaurant and eat. And I'm like, Lord, you're calling us to go all these miles across the country to live. And I never will forget when I said yes. Pastor said in his message in Psalm 78 that they limited God because of, they didn't remember the power of God. The minute that we stepped out and I said, Lord, I'm going to go. The power of God standing on the promises of his word were so powerful when we stepped out. And the, I knew I had to be faithful and obedient for the call of God in our lives at the time. I knew God was calling us to pick up and go. We went out there at the same time. Pastor did. I want to share this because that song, those lyrics say, I live my life in remembrance. It's not a one-time thing. As we go into 2024, and I want to encourage you what Pastor said. On New Year's Eve, whoever you're with, I wrote it down. I'm like, we are going to sit and we are going to rehearse Amen. the goodness of God. Amen. We are going to rehearse the power of God. And I want to encourage you that no matter what you're standing in front of in 2024, live your life in remembrance. Yeah, Bring yeah. those things up and remember the goodness of God. Remember the track record. My life is transformed because Amen. I always go back. And just this week, he reminded me of when he took us out to Oklahoma and how the power of God was there when I had to take a step. Amen. And he was so faithful. And I didn't even make a connection that he was wanting to remember to go into this new year and wanting to recall and live in remembrance. You know, Psalm 103, it says, he redeems our life from destruction. And it talks about praising the Lord. And the Bible says, let the redeemed of yep. the Lord say, say so. so. Yep. Let the redeemed. We used yep. to sing let the redeemed of the Lord singing into Zion and everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. Let the redeemed of the Lord, the pastor said, remember what Jesus did for you. Remember what happened on that cross and the resurrection. Remember that we have the power of God, all of the promises of God. Remember that. We are redeemed. We've been redeemed, right? We've been redeemed, it says. Our lives have been redeemed from destruction. And he's called us to sit in beautiful places. He's taken us out of the horrible pit, but we need to live our life in remembrance. Amen. Amen. God's power. Amen. As we take communion, Pastor, whatever it is, but I just wanted to share that. Thank you. I didn't make a connection until tonight. The power of living life in remembrance. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Yeah, thank you. We can't predict unless the Holy Ghost shows us we don't know what we're going to face but we know where we've been and what he's done in our past gives us the power and the ability to face the unknown of the future forget the things that you need to forget but remember the things that you need to remember take hold of that communion cup Now I got that song stuck in my head. <laughs> Just peel that plastic off the top and take hold of that little piece of bread here. Without any leavening, without any yeast, symbolic of purity, symbolic of the sinless, spotless Lamb of God who came and took upon himself all the sins of the world. Father, we pray your blessing upon this, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've endured on our behalf. Thank you that you didn't say no to that suffering. Thank you that you willingly took upon yourself all of our sickness, our disease, our sin, our shame, our reproach, all the punishment that we deserve. Lord, you took it upon yourself. And by your wounds, we are healed. We are saved. Your blood has saved us. And Lord, even as you commanded us, we right now allow gratitude to rise up in our hearts. Thank you. Thank you for the miracles that you've done. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for saving us from ourselves. Thank you that you've rescued us from fear. You've rescued us from darkness. And for all of eternity, Father, we'll give you the praise and the glory and all thanksgiving. Jesus, we do this tonight 
in remembrance of you. And we take this in your name. Amen. Take hold of that cup, peel off that foil. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus never loses its power. Every day, every day it's available for us. Every day the power of God can be released in our lives by remembering all that he's done for us. Lord, we thank you for this cup and all that it represents. The precious, holy, sacred blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Messiah. We take hold of this cup right now in faith, with gratitude in our hearts. Thank you. By this blood, you've cleansed us. By this blood, you've declared us righteous. By this blood, you've made us qualified to come in relationship with you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you've suffered to make this blood available to us. We honor you tonight, Lord, and we do this in remembrance of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go right ahead. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. You're so good to us, Father. I want to make the last thing that I speak over you in this year, 2023. Tonight, those of you that are gathered here tonight, I bless you according to Numbers 6.24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, shalom, completeness, and wholeness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Happy New Year. Amen. I remind your friends, tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock here. Amen. If you have friends in Bayville, 10 a.m. If you've got friends in Wall Township, 10 a.m., let's wrap up this, this end of the year and step into this new year, remembering all that the Lord's done for us. Amen. Amen. God bless you.